listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the south end of the polar earthquake vortex, where I am excited to talk to our listeners once again. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where it's Zero degrees, but it feels like negative 20. I'm Andrew Hoffman. That's that was a couple is, days ago. Yeah, this is this is the thing. I do remember that. Like, I, I remember as a child, this happens every now and then. And then being in, in Seattle in the great northwest, I like started to question myself. I'm like, am I exaggerating that there was actually like a negative 10 degree wind chill sometimes in Oklahoma? And then now that I'm here again, I know that. If, yes, if, that, that happens. Yeah, if people saw the Chiefs game, that was basically our weather here, too. Well, I didn't see the Chiefs game, and we're off to a great start, then, because did you have Peacock Network? I, I've i had Peacock Network. That's one of the th- few things I do have. Wow. Because I can get, uh, they have the Golf Channel on there. So I get all the golf for like five bucks a month. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. So you already had Peacock. So yeah, I, I wonder what the viewership was because uh, I sent a text to my mother, not too uh, proud to admit it. And uh, I was like, hey, what's your Peacock login? And I thought to myself, how many people across the country are doing that right now? Yeah. Because that was the only uh, NFL playoff game in history to be behind a paywall. You had to have Peacock. So I was unable. Uh, my mother responded. Uh, I don't have one, and we're not watching the game either. <laughs> so, uh, I did text. I did text my sister who sent me one, but I couldn't. Yeah, you should have sent me a text. I didn't. Yeah, see, I texted my sister. She sent me one, but I don't know something in the. I couldn't get her password right, and then I just gave up and fell asleep on the couch. So you know, it was uh, there was too much going on that day anyway. So it wasn't a very good game. Uh. So yeah, that makes sense. My, you're telling me Miami didn't do well in negative twenty degrees. <laughs> it was shocking. Yeah, totally yeah. shocking. 
Well, uh, everybody, it's cold. And that is pretty much the news for the week, I think. Everybody's a little bit chilly. Polar Vortex, or I did, you know, would we have any crazy names for this this one? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't really watch watch the uh, the local weather or anything, but my my wife keeps me informed. She follows some local weather guy on Facebook and tells me when it's going to be cold. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I think the phone apps, they're like so dialed in, they're almost useless. It's like, heavy snow Thursday night, and then it's like Thursday afternoon. Heavy snow's canceled, so this weekend it's going to be cold. It's like, come on, man. It just changes so frequently yeah. that you never know what's coming. So it's weird how we have more access to information, yet so un- still completely unable to predict yeah, anything. They- they got global warming nailed, though. Yeah. You know exactly well, that's, what's going on That's there. millions of miles and thousands of years out, so it's easy to tell. Yeah. Well, I am uh, I'm actually employed. I'm back working for, uh, you know, working for the man. The crowd goes the, wild. Back in the, the W-2 life. No more W-9 life there. or. I think that's 1099. Yeah. 1099 life. Yeah. No, no more 1099 life. So, yeah. I'm still living that 1099 life, but it's taking a turn to the actual positive 1099 life. So that's nice. But yeah, I couldn't be happier about your situation. Uh, I believe earlier today, my wife remarked on your situation and is extremely happy for it uh, to be. to be in, you know, to be changing. So, yeah, uh, it's topic of conversation around here. I'm sure it's topic of conversation around the uh, the telegrams and listeners to this podcast. So, please pray for Andrew as he transitions into a different job that is not going to take him away from his family all the time. What do we got? Do we got office hours? Do we know yet? We don't know. We don't yeah, know. I mean, I'll I'll still be uh, driving a lot, but most of it will be in a company car. And uh, it'll mostly be during normal, like normal working hours. So very few, like, oh, leave at 6 a.m., get home at 11 p.m. days. So don't worry, Andrew, you only have one appointment tomorrow, but it's in Kansas at six <laughs> o'clock. Yeah. So hope, hopefully a little more efficient on the, uh, you know, put those appointments together too. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I'm excited also for me. If I have any, if, you have, if anybody out there needs a mortgage in Oklahoma, I can help you. Um, starting to actually get some traction with after making hundreds of cold calls to try and get dialed in. I think I bragged a little bit about it during our Christmas party, but I've been doing a lot of networking, both my personal and social, personal and social, and work life, trying to get you know plugged into the area. And I think. I mentioned that here in Oklahoma, people respond to talking to each other, which is great. People that is actually, good. actually speak good. to each other and, and have relationships, so that's nice. But um, hopefully, it continues to head into a positive direction. Uh, lots of stuff going on in the news. Lots of stuff going on in our lives. Uh, the elephant in the room. I do not sound myself. I got a little nasal pressure. You guys hear that? So, there has been a big topic of conversation in the in the telegrams as well as on this show of the old drug fenbendazole. 
And we had a listener actually send us some fenbendazole. And I uh, took a look at it and started thinking, hmm, how do I use this to do it, you know, to see if I have parasites, to rid myself of the parasites. And I remember you saying, you can't just take it willy-nilly, which is pretty much what I usually do. Just take it willy-nilly and see what happens. So I watched Dr. Lee Merritt in her presentation on how she rid herself of parasites. And she talked about that she would take it for three or four days and then she would stop for three or four days, essentially killing all the parasites that are alive. But once there's parasites alive in you, they also lay hundreds and hundreds and thousands of eggs. While they're alive, they let off a hormone that allows the eggs to know that they are alive and the eggs don't hatch. But as soon as they die, that hormone is no longer left and all the eggs hatch. So you're supposed to take it for three, I think it's on three days and then off five, something like that. And then on three, off five. But there's a clip, probably should have brought it to the show, where Dr. Lee Merritt says, sometimes if I stretched it out too long on the days off, I would start to get flu-like symptoms where all the eggs were hatching at once and my body went into toxicity overload and started to uh, do everything it could to get rid of all of those parasites and my immune system went into overdrive to compensate for all the newly hatched eggs, right? So I'm thinking, I'm I'm listening to all this with like one ear. This is about as uh, compelling sometimes as some of the conspiracy theories out there where it's like, it could be, but I don't have a dog in this fight and I'm not real sure. So I proceeded to take the prescribed three times a day, three Uh, It wasn't prescribed. It was recommended to me that... No, no, it wasn't recommended to me. I was told that it could work for other people, not me. She's very uh, careful in how she words it. But three 222 milligram doses, which thank you to the listener that sent us the fenbendazole so we could even do that. Pure, almost pure fenbendazole, which was nice. You got some, I got some. My my wife uh, divided it up and... Uh, so anyway, I was able to take, you know, those three times a day and I immediately felt a little more clear headed. I slept better, but when I transitioned from day, from taking it for three straight days to day off. And you didn't take it three times a day. I did. did you? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Where did you see that? That's uh, Dr. Lee Merritt's deal. But hers wasn't fenbendazole anyway, was it? Uh, she uses fenbendazole and the other one. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> like a couple other ones. Oh, okay. She I didn't uses know that she uses fenbendazole. Yep, yep. And then if you down, if you go to her website, she also has that there. And but yeah, I took uh, fenbendazole three times a day, two hundred twenty-two milligrams. Uh, and first day off, I felt fine. But towards the end of my first day off, I immediately started to get. A sore throat. And then the next day I woke up and I had a sore throat and like flu-like symptoms. That was yesterday. Like terrible. Like clogged up nose, started hacking up stuff, like started coughing. It was wild. By the time I went to bed yesterday, I was like, I got to I gotta get back on it because apparently I have experienced some sort of what is it? A, a die off, and then 
a fresh hatching or whatever, according to the way this works. So I got back on it and then I'm going to take it for three straight days and we'll see how many days I can take off of it. But man, whether this is uh, completely made up, wacko, crazy, who's taking dog dewormer or whatever anti-parasitic stuff and happens to get sick or it's actually real, I do think... And it felt, you know, if the, it, it happened pretty quickly and I got sick and nobody in the house is sick It all. It's kind of wild, man. Yeah. On her website, she has three different, she has a bunch of different stuff, but, uh, one of them was, uh, yeah, the, th- the three times a day fenbendazole protocol. Are you taking it with, um, with food? Uh, in that one, it didn't. It said it didn't matter if you take it with food or not. I have tried to take it in the morning before any food, and at night after, and you know before without any food for a while. Because what I saw was, you want to take it with a a fat containing meal. Okay. Because you want it to, it helps it. Because it's not water soluble. I mean, you'll notice. I don't know if you put it in water or whatever. It doesn't dissolve at all i have noticed that yeah yeah I, so it, i tend so to just dump if, it in my mouth you, it's a tiny little spoon so and it doesn't taste bad i mean no. it's yeah uh it yeah it's like taking a tiny spoonful of flour or something it's not not bad at all yeah but um as far as your body being able to absorb it though supposedly that that helps okay whereas if you do it on empty stomach you're probably just Rinsing it right through you, but sure. Well, I also uh, if you brought a random story from a gal who thought she had MS a couple of weeks back, her protocol was seven on, seven off, and then she started to kind of plateau, and then she got digestive enzymes to help kind of break down some of the uh, stuff in her in her biome biome film or whatever, so yeah. in some of her. Uh, intestines and really started to see improvement after that. And I do have the, the digestive enzymes as well. So, Hey, jury's still out with me. This is a kind of a work in progress, but Holy moly. Uh, I made myself sick in like a quick period of three days. All of a sudden it was like, Whoa. I mean, I had a he- I had a headache twice today, which is what wild since I've started running every day and lifting and trying to eat better. I haven't had headaches in, in a couple, of, I mean, I haven't had consistent headaches in years, but oh, I haven't really? even really oh. get, yeah, even though I had that head injury, uh, you know, leaving Seattle, being away from all that stress, running, doing all the stuff I've been doing, haven't had a lot of headaches, but I had two headaches, like one yesterday, I think it was yesterday and today, but man, it, I don't know if it's real, but it's, it's something. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I guess the, the protocol I looked at wasn't a specific anti-parasitic mm-hmm. protocol it was just a like general like cancer prevention if you don't have cancer so it was like right. three days on four days off but just once a day yeah but oh once so. a day interesting i did so, yeah I, didn't, I did not see any of those i've done that and i haven't noticed a huge change but i i think i have noticed a little bit um clearer head Clear head, yeah. I think I'll send you what I have. I think you need to be doing the three times a day one. 
Yeah, think, maybe. I think you'll notice a, qu- a quick change with that. But I do not. Uh, it, it's weird, too. I, it's, I wonder how much of it is in my head and how much of it's real. But I started to feel like when I started to experience some of the uh, positive side effects, like uh, the foggy brain kind of went away and being able to sleep better. I felt like crazy sugar cravings. And it's like, is that real? Oh, that's interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? It's parasites, like, they want the sugar. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's like they were on their last legs, so to speak. And were really like wanting the sugar again. I don't know if a lot of this is just in my head or what. So here, here's another tricky thing. Parasites also like zinc, which I take and which you need. And it, if you're if you're doing copper, copper removes zinc, and so you kind of have to supplement it. Okay. So, but there's that's kind of an interesting catch twenty two there. So, because the allergy symptoms can come if you don't have enough zinc, but then, or you know, allergy cold symptoms type. Bro, it it was more than allergies, man. I started yeah. terrible. Like she yeah. she was right. She said flu like symptoms. That is exactly what it was. I'm trying to find her website now. Now, and by it's the like, way, like this, when, I, when I started taking copper and was detoxing out the eyeballs there. Yes. Was, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's what it was. This was in the, tel- this was one of the videos in the telegram. And then she had me go to Dr. Lee Merritt, had me go to a, a different website, which I thought I had on my phone. I'm trying to find it now, but anyway, I'll try and find the protocol again. Yep. This is, uh, we're not telling anybody to take dewormer. We're just, I'm 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 going in, but I am going in with an open uh, open mind. Yeah, I'm trying to. There was a a gentleman at church on Sunday. First of all, his his wife had died like three weeks before, and then last week he found out he had really bad lung cancer. So, you know, really awesome there. But I'm thinking, how do I get that guy some fenben and just like, hey, just you know, here's 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 how we do it. Here's how we do it. Um, we don't want to lie because we can't because the Lord says not to. But you could be like, you yeah, know, I have this friend, and his dad has a friend who took it and got cancer. Is cancer free now? His yep. name is his name. What is his name? Shoot. Joe tip. His name is Joe Tippins and he's right over in Edmond, Oklahoma. Here's the website. Yeah. I mean, you could just try what that. Is it my cancer story rocks or something. Yeah, like that's that. it. Yeah. Let me look it up. Yeah. My cancer. And if, for those of you that don't remember, my stepdad knows this man rocks. Okay. Yep. My cancer story dot rocks. Yep. Get busy living. So that's how you do it. I have a friend. He lives over in Edmond. His his dad has a friend. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Well, because I met the lady too. That <clears throat> same thing. Took the Fenben. That they told her no more surgery for you. There, you don't have enough lungs left. Wow. The fenben drank some alkaline water. Can't find the cancer. Yeah. So the protocol on my cancer story rocks is 222 milligrams per day, every day. Okay. So that's, that's that one. 
there's also some stuff for CBD and a couple other things, but uh, I'll try and find that that uh, Lee Merritt one so that we have uh, a reference to it. Well, but- I, I threw one. It's just a tweet um, from Doc underscore singing. Okay. Todd Triboni. Um, he says one chemo alternative question mark. <laughs> Uh, fenbendazole, 222 milligrams, vitamin E, 800 IUs daily, curcumin, 600 milligrams daily, CBD oil, 25 milligrams per day, berberin and quercetin. And yeah. he says, and ivermectin and high dose vitamin C as well. So, so yeah. just, you know, it, <laughs> I like that. It's not medical advice. It just says one chemo alternative question mark yeah yeah well and ladies and gentlemen if cancer is um parasitic yeah it makes you wonder i mean that was one thing that like back in the day i was already i was already pretty anti-vax but i'm like you know the the they had they know the cure for cancer and they hide it for you know, profit and being evil. That was like a little too far. Not, not anymore. No, that's not, not after the last 10 years of no looking at this stuff. Yeah. I actually probably thought the same thing. I was like, I don't know if they could hide that. That would be crazy. And then it was like, Oh, it turns out they sacrifice babies on a floor in a giant pentagram and drink their blood. Mm, Paris, yeah. <laughs> They're probably capable Pro- of that hiding, too, ca- hiding cancer. Mm, it feels like they might be able to do that. If you can, Eat a live baby. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Okay, the website. As, as Pfizer would say, we're going all in on cancer. That's right. Cancer's the, going to be big. The website is drleemerit.com, which is also the medicalrebel.com. Finally found it. Parasite Paradigm. Parasite. So she had a pretty great video. I'll throw it in the show notes. It's 20 minutes long. It, one of you lovely people threw it in the Telegram chat. That's where I started. Here it is on Rumble. That's well. I I think it's the same one I played clips from on the show. I bet it is. Yeah, and she's and she basically talks about look. There's no virus. This is all like they they figured out how to do this. They're messing with you through the five G, and then kind of goes on to like say this is how I did it. And this is, this is what I, yeah, this is what I did to get, get off of the craziness. Yep. Well, that's one side of the agenda. We also have World Economic Forum Davos going Uh on. Davos is going on right now. See, I'm Davos is going on. I'm so out of touch, Andrew. I don't know what's happening. Where's so uh, let, you ready to to play a clip? I'm I'm not, buddy. I'm so not ready to play a clip. Let me. I think I have them on my computer. I gotta unzip them. Is this episode three forty four? It's three forty four. Three forty three was the New Year's the special New Year's episode. So there is no clip folder. There is no clip folder. Let's go 344. 
Is this our if first? We've got a, if we've got any new uh, listeners from the little, the very brief cameo on the year-end solutions watch deal, James Corbett, welcome. And welcome. You made it this far. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Why do you always say that? Their self-deprecating humor doesn't work on our show, man. You can't. You can't do that. You gotta. We. we we are professionals, and we have been doing this for a very long time. No, I'm saying they made it through, you know, 20 minutes of parasite talk. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's- it does make me laugh when Will gets in the telegram and gets acts like he's frustrated about parasite talk. I'm like, buddy, you are the flat earth guy. So... You can't you can't get mad when we're t- what do you call us worm earthers or something worm worm earthers? <laughs> no, I, I can't. I, I didn't I, see I, that. Oh no, he did. He did. No, he oh, did. Okay. He did, and he wants to say that the worm earthers are bothering him. It's like, buddy, buddy, you can't <laughs> can't do this. All right, let me go ahead and pull my player up. Now it's all love for good old Will. Will, I got my the Newsweek magazines back so i was trying to send some old nasa newsweeks to uh, will address was incorrect and i was kind of worried that they got lost in the mail because these are like from the 60s 50s oh, and wow. 60 and we're like excited like hey what what amazing lies are going to be in here yeah and and uh so uh, will did a favor for me he helps help me out with uh, something for my wife for her birthday i said hey in payment i'll give you these and he's like oh yeah so Anyway, I ship them off and they disappear in the mail for weeks. I'm like, come on, man. The, 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 the government can't be that on to me. They're opening up my mail and taking my classic news weeks <laughs> out. But no, it turns out I fat fingered the address. And oh, I, no. I told the lady at the post office, I'm like, hey, I have a package to pick up. Here's a yellow slip thing. Can I have my package? But also, I have another package that says it was delivered. And that was weeks ago. What's going on? She comes back out and the bottom... I guess she was like, it was at the bottom of the basket. I don't know how it got stuck down there, but this box is all ripped open, torn up. Miraculously, I open it up. All the magazines still in good shape. So I will get those That's to you, good. Will. I appreciate you. Thank you for your help with the... Uh, we are going to... Thank you for your help with the the gift for my wife. So Anyway, you want to set it up? W-E-F? So this this lady, you'll recognize her voice. They play her on no agenda all the time. She's just one of the, I think she's, uh, what's the positions over there? Like queen of the European Union or whatever they call it. Um, uh, WEF biggest threat. For the global business community, the top concern for the next two years is not conflict or climate. It is disinformation and misinformation followed closely by polarization within our societies. These risks are serious because they limit our ability to tackle the big global challenges we are facing. Changes in our climate and our geopolitical climate. Shifts in our demography and in our technology spiraling regional conflicts and intensified geopolitical competition and their impacts on supply chains. 
The sobering reality is that we are once again competing more intensely across countries than we have in several decades. And this makes the theme of this year's Davos meeting even more relevant, rebuilding trust. This is not a time for conflicts or polarization. This is a time to build trust. This is a time to drive global collaboration more than ever before. This requires immediate and structural responses to match the size of the global challenges. I believe it can be done. There you go. She's talking about us, man. What is she babbling about? Where does the where do you think the misinformation disinformation comes from? Oh, that's us. That's the the podcast. Well, in general, must not be the, us specifically. Well, she could be talking directly to people who are encouraging other people to eat horse dewormer. <laughs> well, and uh, you know how or let me phrase it this way: Why do you need to rebuild trust? What does that imply? Yeah, nobody trusts you. That nobody trusts you. But this is a common theme right now. Yep. It, it's I believe rebuilding trust is the actual theme of Davos. But they do, don't say, okay, who doesn't trust us anymore that trusted us before? And why is that? It's just kind of implied, okay, yeah, no one's taking the shots anymore. And the same thing, I haven't listened to all of Sunday's episode, but No Agenda was playing some clips of news broadcasts pushing uh, fear over the flu. They're like, oh, they, this guy died totally of the flu, 27 years old, totally healthy, not vaccinated. Yeah, I'm sure that's the whole story. And just the idea that, oh, no one's taking the flu, or very few people are taking the flu vaccine compared to past years. It's like, <laughs> I wonder why that is. <laughs> what is they're, they're calling it vaccine fatigue. That's the new, the new term. It's vaccine kind of funny. That's, you have the same reaction that I think it was uh, Dvorak on the latest episode of No Agenda that I listened to. I have not been listening to them all, ladies and gentlemen, but the one of the ones I listened to recently it was the same thing. Adam leads into the story with the same synopsis, and the you know all of the newscasters are like, "Yes, with the vaccine uptake being down, and uh, oh, you know across the board, it's kind of hard right now for people to." you know, know which flu shot to take or, you know, we've had a less uptake of the flu shot. And Dvorak was like, that's the story. The story is why is nobody taking the flu shot? Not is it flu A or flu B this year? It's, hey, you just glossed over like one of the biggest stories of our time. Why has everyone altogether decided not to get shots? Yep. And it's like, wait, there's people all along the different stages, right? You go from like, you know, maybe the experimental COVID vaccine that they made yes. in three days, maybe that's a bad idea. But the, I'm sure all the other vaccines that are tested and for longer, I'm sure they're fine. To be fair, and I've run like, into a lot of those people. Those are the yeah. most normie of norms right now. Yeah. So th- then there is, uh, well, you know, actually, when you look at the 
flu vaccine. That doesn't have the greatest record either. And they did this other thing with the RSV vaccine back in the season and killed some kids. And now we're doing that again. Hmm. That's interesting. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll wait before I give my kid that. And then there's, you know, keep on going and you just keep, you keep looking for the good vaccine. Like, and then where's the vaccine that actually works, that actually does what they say it does. And you won't find it. You'll go all the way back to cowpox and it's a scam all the way through. Yeah. You get to from one side where it's like, I think all vaccines are good. And then the other side, and then like the next step, like you said, it's like, well, COVID vaccines are bad, but the rest are good. And then you like simply progress all the way through the line to the very far end. And there's just a picture of Andrew Hoffman and <laughs> anti-science vaccine denier and just right across his forehead. And that's like the furthest away you can get. And this is, and like, you would think that that guy is not a big deal that Andrew Hoffman with the anti-science vaccine denier stamp on his forehead. But you know, the EU queen of disinformation has to have a roundabout minute and 30 seconds to explain how we have to earn back the anti-science vaccine deniers trust and not let him talk to other people right? with his disinformation. Well, I can't even claim to be at the end because I have a, a vaccine damaged child because I let him give the stupid vitamin K shot, which isn't vitamin K, artificial garbage, and gave her jaundice. Yeah. Well, she's in, in the NICU. I I, uh, I don't have proof that I have the same issue, but I, we had uh, we did get jaundice, and I think I actually think that something yeah the vitamin K also messed up something. I remember texting you about that, being kind of freaked out. So. Yep, the old vitamin K causes death insert that I got after I asked for it after they gave it to her. Yeah. Mm. I did, by the way, upload this into the Telegram, because Lord knows I'll remember in the chat, but into the Revelations Radio News Telegram under Parasites, I did upload the uh, Finbendazole protocol, and I also texted it or telegrammed it directly to your Telegram. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, can be obtained from farm stores. It can Panicura C is the uh, the like store bought name for it. It's been used at one gram for each ten pounds of body weight for parasites three days in a row. Repeat every two weeks for two to three months. Uh, studies show have doses up to two thousand, no adverse effects. So, do 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 do. Uh, cancer treatment being used by many people that is probably treating parasites is 222 milligrams daily, excuse me, 222 milligrams three times a day, then stop for four or five days and repeat. Oh boy, I will tell you, if that is what happened to me, I fully experienced a die off hatch out yep. and felt atrocious. So I, I took it back up. So anyway, who knows if any of this is even real? Who knows if the world is even of globe? Or if we've ever been to space, or if uh, doctors uh, know what they're talking about. Well, you know, it's I have I have one more WEF story, but why well, you bring that up? WTF story? No, WEF. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's a new year, so I thought, you know, I I kind of went for the flat Earth side last year. So this year, 2024, I think I'm going to focus on, uh, you know, the very reasonable spinning water ball theory. (laughs) 
so I've I've got a, a short clip, and this is this is not a conspiracy theorist. This is mainstream science documentary, and uh, just pointing out um, the kind of the age of the sun and how they they calculate that, and the the sun's birthday. Have you ever heard the term of the sun's galactic birthday? Uh, yeah. Who hasn't? Come on, man. <laughs> okay. Well, so this is. This is the science. This is the spinning water ball version of the cosmos. Age of the sun. And now, a letter. No, that's the WF clip. I'm sorry. So, what am I looking for here? Age of the sun. Uh, Age of the sun. Oh, I apologize. I thought that this was a clip from our good friend Gons. Face like the sun. The amount of time. Whoa. Oh, we're doing that guy's voice. This is the AI voice. Time it takes for our sun to travel around the Milky Way is so unfathomably long that the sun itself has had very few birthdays. For context, our home planet Earth has its birthday every 365 days. That is how long it takes for the Earth to complete a full orbit around the sun. But how long does it take for our sun to orbit around the black hole at the center of our galaxy? Our solar system travels through the galaxy at a speed of 720,000 kilometers an hour. Although this speed seems extremely fast, it still takes the sun 230 million years to complete a full rotation around the galaxy. One full rotation around the galaxy is called a galactic year, and our sun is 4.6 billion years old meaning it has made this journey 20 times. Therefore, our sun is 20 galactic years old. There it is. That's the science. That's a TikTok or Instagram reel. Everybody uses that dude's voice. I think it's AI. You can just get it to... No no more, uh, you know, no more crazy, like, looking for the curve and shooting lasers and doing experiments. It's just, I mean, that's the science they've proven all that. I mean, that's just, that's not even a guess. Yeah. It, it takes this many million years as it rotates around a black hole, which I'm old enough to remember. Weren't black holes just theoretical? Like maybe they exist. Maybe they don't. No, no, no. And then it's like, Oh, Stephen Hawking's such a genius. He figured out the black hole. Look at the, the math and sure it's off by 96%, but that's, it's just still totally real. The gravity tilt of the earth, tilt of the earth holes, golden foil, 320 million years to rotate around the black hole that we totally know is there. Yeah. Okay. It's it's done it 20 times. Yeah. That's so there's the science and we'll, we'll jump back because, uh, you started to play the clip from Truthstream Media, and this is their letter. It says letter to the New World Order, or letter to the WEF, uh, but Aaron Dykes. This is Aaron and Melissa Dykes, Truthstream Media, uh, on the occasion of Davos. Here. And now, a letter to the New World Order. Dear World Economic Forum, how are you? 
I know you're probably busy planning for next year's multi-million dollar elite shebang where you fly private jets that emit as much CO2 in a week as 350,000 cars so you can all sit around in expensive suit jackets with slacks of various colors to tackle your self-proclaimed goal of tackling the dire ongoing crisis of climate change and inequality by lecturing the rest of us on how it's our fault so we need to eat the bugs and be happy with owning nothing. At least you're really showing you care about inequality by paying all those prostitutes you bring in for the week a fair living wage. You're probably still assimilating all of this year's hard work on improving the world's state, or, I mean, state of the world, through public-private cooperation by shaping global regional and industry agendas, just like the ones that no one else ever voted for ever. You know, it sure must be cold up there in the Swiss mountains in the winters, But hey, at least you'll never have to worry about potential hypothermia. (laughs) Seeing as how five straight days of scheduled hourly ass-kissing sure works up a lot of body heat. (laughs) Oh, not to mention you have all that extra CO2 you've produced misusing the phrase think outside the box, which you could forgive us all for assuming is probably more than all seven plus billion of the rest of us combined ever could, even if we tried. I sure hope you bring that one guy back so he can talk more about how we are one of the last generations of human beings on Earth. We are probably one of the last generations of Homo sapiens. Because you plan to engineer bodies and brains and minds. Engineer bodies and brains and minds. Then use all that data you've hoarded to become the future masters of the planet. Will the future masters of the planet look like? This will be decided by the people who own the data. Those who control the data control the future, not just of humanity, but the future of life itself. It's a weird flex, but hey, you do you. Bodies and brains and bodies and brains and bodies and brains. They're coming to get you, Barbara. But bodies and brains and minds. You know, I had a dream we live in a world where all it takes to rise to the top is a little hard work and dedication, and an annual membership that costs between $62,000 and $620,000 a year, plus a $29,000 event ticket each year, plus additional fees, travel costs, and at least five nights hotel accommodations and all that jet fuel for the private jet to go to Davos, Switzerland where one sycophantically kisses up to global corporate elites and pretends to be enthralled by how many times some guy in a suit who paid the big bucks to sit on a panel on a blue stage in a blue room so he could work corporate jargon buzz phrase babble into coherent and almost meaningful complete thoughts like about how in these unprecedented circumstances your team building has the bandwidth to pivot and move the needle to achieve synergy. You know, up to now, I kept thinking that everything science did was good. My training, I suppose. Now I'm not so sure. The same blue room where soon-to-be 21st century hereditary monarch, because that's still a thing, and Great Reset announcer Prince Charles. Systems level framework, global value creation, outlining responsible transition pathways to a circular bioeconomy. Who you all actually crowned with the UN goals like the craziest game of televised dress-up of literally all time, stood at a podium and said the phrase sustainable markets uh, sustainable markets. Like 8,347 times. Sustainable markets initiative. Sustainable markets. Sustainable markets. My sustainable markets initiative. Sustainable markets and markets rooted in sustainability. While you sat in the audience and pretended it doesn't make you want to fall asleep in slow motion like the van falling off a bridge in some inception level nether dimension 
dimension of the fourth realm of the dream world your mind goes to to hide in, because deep down you know you sold your soul to the Tulpa of Commerce, the Skeksis of Humanity summoned upon us centuries ago, and you still aren't sure what you're going to do with your life if your god dies, so the plan you came up with is to just keep trying to scare the rest of us by having a guy who literally looks straight out of White Cat petting Central Casting for a Bond film, and even occasionally dresses like Emperor Palpatine, tell us all how it's going to be, that we'll actually listen and go along with what you say. Despite the fact that you all seem about as able to conceive of what the average person in this world needs, as the average person in this world is able to catch a break from you control freaks attempting to micromanage all aspects of our lives, all aspects of our lives, and shape the world as the control freaks you and your handlers are, just because you've flown in more private jets than we have. I know it was all just a dream. You still really creep me out. Sincerely, me. If you want to see it with the visuals that, uh, which do help, but uh, I thought just the audio was good too. Sure, I like it. But uh, it'll be in the show notes there. So, all right. So. I know you haven't been totally plugged in, and it's been a little bit since we did a show. Yeah, mainly my fault, so sorry about that, guys. Andrew's transitioning out of his job, but it's mainly been my fault not being ready, so thank you for keeping us on top of it, Andrew. This clip... All right. Let me segue to it this way. I didn't didn't clip it... uh, Luke Rudkowski talking to Tim Pool brought up the fact like, hey, you know, people still not happy about warp speed and the vaccine. And Tim Pool flipped out at him. And why are you still talking about this after four years? And it is really ridiculous. But, uh, you know, anyway, obviously on Luke's side on that. But there's another, besides the vaccine, there's another issue that, um, you know, not that I ever trusted Trump in the first place, but it's just like a a clear thing that he does that shows that he's compromised, and that is letting the January 6th people rot in prison. Um, and he kind of says, well, you know, maybe some of them should get pardoned or whatever, but it's like, he's really not standing up for them at all. Just kind of lets the whole narrative goes on, go on, um, which is just, it really is created out of whole cloth. And we've talked about that since the day it happened. I think we did a show that day, um, January 6th, how oh, many yeah. year, four years ago, yep. I guess just, just over four years now. So, but this is Biden bragging about the January 6th arrests. Oh, gosh. I guess I should have that ready. One desperate act available to him. The violence of January the 6th. And since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively, to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. 
And what's Trump done? Instead of calling them criminals, he's called these these insurrectionists patriots. They're patriots. And he promised to pardon them if he returns to office. Trump said that there was a lot of love on January the 6th. The rest of the nation, including law enforcement, saw a lot of hate and violence. One Capitol Police officer called it a medieval battle. That same officer called vile rape was called vile racist names. He said he was more afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the worst thing ever. But imagine bragging about how many people you've locked up uh, for January 6th for just totally bogus stuff. I mean, look at the Owen Troyer thing. Yeah. Go to jail for saying, for saying, uh, what was it, 1776 or something? I don't, yeah. Yeah. But the, I wish Trump was promising to pardon everyone and calling them all patriots, but he's not. Yeah. He, he'll get himself off of January 6th, but, uh, yeah, he's not, I've seen, I have not seen a lot of evidence that he's, um, He's at all worried about the people rotting in jail for supporting him, which is should be concerning if you're considering supporting him in 2024. Oh, I can't believe it's election year. Ugh. I know, right? Here we go yep. again. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, I mean, messed up on on obviously on the Biden side, but I, that's another thing with Trump. Like the, the January six people, you you don't hear the because I've heard some interviews with um, January six prisoners, and they all, it's not even the people that were doing stuff. That was all the Antifa people that no, that aren't it's arrested. Just people that are there. It was they they're now saying, and I. Uh, let's see. Did I throw the clip in there? I didn't throw the clip in. It was a, the clip wasn't, um, super exciting. That's why I didn't throw it in. But uh, along that same story, uh, was the DA or whoever, or the justice department saying they're going after now the next wave of January 6th arrest. It's just people that were there that didn't even go into the Capitol. Yeah. Like, oh, you were just there. Yeah. It was illegal just to be there. <laughs> like, in the general area. Which we're is weird, come arrest too. you now. I, I think I've mentioned this on the show before. Maybe I'll get arrested for it. But uh, I, like, wanted to go. Me and my buddy at work wanted, or like, man, it'd be cool to go. Yeah. You know, when they recount and change this election, because they're going to, you know, hear all the people outside and protests and not going to ratify the vote or whatever. Certify, certify the vote. It'd be cool yeah. to go. And then kind of realizing the whole thing. Glad I didn't go. It's all, it all just to get, just to dupe a bunch of people into going. And well, I've, I've actually, on that note, uh, thought of uh, Trump's complicity overall for, he did try to get people to, to, to come. He's, I remember, be there. See you there. It'll be wild, or yeah. whatever he yeah. said. And, and then, 
I think he, yeah. But his actual speech. No, it was boring. Super boring. Yep. You, very you, very non insurrectiony. Yes. And then he says, don't be violent. Like everything he does the day of makes it very clear. And then they, like, they just re- refreezed, unfreezed his Twitter, you know, four or five months ago. And of course, all the last tweets popped up. And it's like, please, please don't be violent. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. So, I. Uh... Well, of that story, you, I think, threw the, the clip of, uh, was it Cernovich and Luke Radowski and, uh, Oh, yeah, the fr- Friends of Epstein Servants of... I was going to pull that for the show. Why didn't you throw I, that in there? Because I, I I, just watched that for the first time today because you threw it in the Telegram. Yeah. And I wanted to point out that uh, I thought it was odd. Cernovich apparently is from... I didn't know that he came from a, uh, like a farm town in Illinois. His parents are very Christian. He's very conservative. I didn't know that he was part of the manosphere kind of red pill dudes. They're like, hey, let's get back to like a traditional view of men. Sometimes bordering on the uh, uh, female degradation, but more like a pendulum swing away from uh, the, I don't want to say women's rights movement, but feminism, like the opposite side Mm -hmm. of like feminism. I didn't know he was a part of all that and involved in Gamergate, but it was wild to me to hear him say, because I hesitated before he said it, which... I mean, I do all the time on this show. It's like, do I want to say this part out loud? Because I know, I know how it works in my head, but do I say it? I for sure say it out loud on this show, not as much in real life. But he was just like, I mean, I think at a certain level above Epstein, there was, you know, actual, in, in, you know, demons that, are, you know, are in charge. And what I thought was interesting about that clip is Tim Pool can't really hold it together. He's like, oh, now we're getting into it, like laughing and joking. And then yeah. Luke, Luke, without without missing a beat, Luke was like, no, no, like no smiles at all either. Like, no, no. Yeah, you get to you get to trade power for being inhabited by a being. And I was like, oh, here we go. This is good. This is real talk. But yeah, Tim just <laughs> Tim Tim just couldn't handle it. It's like, hey, wake I don't up. know if that yeah, it's what's up with Tim Pool? I, I don't know. I'd never I thought that I don't weird. watch like the whole show, so it's neither do probably I. unfair to it's it's unfair. I don't. I've never watched. The only time I ever watched that show was to see some cool stuff Luke said. I'm not a Tim Pool guy. Uh, he's he's. I respect him. I I do I do feel like if you're gonna go bald, you can't just wear a beanie forever in perpetuity. So I have that against him because I am bald and I just shave my head and live with it. But just like it almost looks like you're in costume all the time. So yeah. I got that. I got that against him, which. Probably is my own fault. But oh, anyway. Man. So, because what I do, you know, yeah, I posted it in Telegram, but I, I send it <laughs> very professional show prep. Uh-huh. So, if I'm on my phone, I just send it, send the link to myself in a text message. Yeah, I do that same thing. But I, I did not go through and get everything ready for the show so let's see note to self hi 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 we'll we'll do it in post we'll throw it in there no worries <laughs> but uh yeah the some very friends of epstein servants of satan vibes from cernovich there i'm like uh, i think it's demons 
<laughs> yeah, I more loved more it. More people are coming around to the to that conclusion. I loved it. So good. But uh, he's like, yeah, I'm I'm the only person who will say this. But uh, yeah. well, you're not the only person who will say that. No, no. Probably the only person you're that with a media presence, but. Yeah, but, I mean, Luke, I love how quickly Luke was on board. It's kind of crazy to look back now and be like, remember those bright-eyed, starry-eyed guys, young Jason Burmis and young Luke Radowski, <laughs> and they were just going to go out there and fight the new world. Now it's like, it's like a meme, man. It's like 15, 20 years later, almost 20 years later. And, you know, Luke is like a, I mean, Luke still looks like a starry-eyed young kid, but he's got like a hardness to his to his stare. And <laughs> and Burmis, you know, his eyes are enormous, and you could just see he's exhausted. And it's just learning just how deep the rabbit hole goes has has been. I think it's been taxing on their personal lives. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't have it in me to do it full time, even if it, it you know. Not that people are like, you guys are it's such an amazing podcast. You should do this full time. But even if I think that on, was the Henri, case, I don't on, have it in me. Henri Abe actually, I think, is the only one who has told us that we need. I think told me that we need to do it full time. And I, I don't know that he would actually listen to it full time if we did it. But no, I even if if it could pay me enough money, it's a tough road to hoe. It's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. I've had days at work where <laughs> I, well, a lot of the time I would rather be doing the podcast and doing what I do for work. But if I was only doing the podcast, you know, some sort of like canary cry type schedule, like, Oh no, you gotta, I don't know. You gotta, so I, I didn't find that clip, Tim, but I found <laughs> this is the story. Everyone tunes into the show to hear about. NASA finally cracks open the asteroid sample container. Woohoo! They got in. So goodness. Answered prayers, Andrew. Answered prayers. So, uh, you know, obviously NASA's total scam. But it's a particular kind of scam. It's a money laundering scam for the military industrial complex. That's what NASA is. And see if you can, through that lens, listen to this story and see if that makes sense or not. After months of fidgeting with the canister that contained rocky samples from an ancient asteroid, NASA engineers have finally removed two stubborn fasteners that appeared to be preventing the space agency from collecting the full amount of Bennu's debris. Keep in mind this is, uh, well, the OSIRIS-REx curation team managed to remove the TAG-SAM touch-and-go sample acquisition mechanism head where the bulk of the asteroid sample is stored. NASA announced in a blog post on Tuesday, the team was forced to develop new tools to help the two fasteners that held the sampler head shut since it landed on Earth in September 2023. Engineers at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston freed the fasteners on January 10th. Our engineers and scientists have worked tirelessly behind the scenes for months to not only process the more than 70 grams of material we were able to access previously, but also design, develop, and test new tools that allowed us to move past this hurdle. Eileen Stansbury, Division Chief for ARES, 
Astromaterials Research and Exploration Science at NASA said in a statement, The innovation and dedication of this team has been remarkable. We are all excited to see the remaining treasure Osiris Rex holds. There are still a few disassembly can steps they, left they, before... Can they please name something that's not, like, related to a Greek or Egyptian god? Like, every I, single time. It's almost like it's a spiritual deal. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's... Yeah. Osiris If you're a Freemason or like in the know on this stuff, it's all code. You just sit back and cackle to yourself. Yeah. Laugh at the... The earth is flat and these idiots don't understand we're referencing the god Zeus and the Antichrist Osiris Osiris in the old days. Yeah, like... It's so boring. And Rex, the, the... which means God, right? So right. calling Osiris a God, yeah. Or King, maybe. But uh, cool. Osiris Rex mission launched in September 2016 and reached asteroid Bennu in December 2018. Uh, spacecraft snagged pieces of a small near-Earth asteroid in October 2020 and began... Wait a second. So it reached asteroid Bennu, but then it snagged pieces of a small near-Earth asteroid in October 2020, so it wasn't from Bennu. Began making its way back to Earth in May 2021. <laughs> I love that. Stop so with they, all these questions, Andrew. Just read the story. Come on, it's they, NASA. <laughs> it's set it in 2016. It goes to an asteroid, but it doesn't get material from that asteroid. No. It travels another two years and then just snags a small asteroid on the way back. And lands in September 2023. Okay. Uh, and they develop these tools. Keep in mind, this is not in this story, but they say NASA, but what they mean is Lockheed Martin. <laughs> we talked about that in the other mm-hmm. the other stories on the same thing. It's Lockheed Martin that's getting all the money from this. And, oh, we need some more tools. That wasn't in the budget. Sorry, you can't get this open without fresh tools. So, it, what do you think the dollar value, or the, what do you think this, the uh, uh, change order to develop those tools was? No idea. I, I'm just guessing. That I think they easily, for months, uh, I mean, what do you want to do? Just give up and not see the asteroid inside? <laughs> That'll be another, I, I mean... I'm thinking a hundred million, but maybe less. Yeah. Uh, some ridiculous amount. Like crazy ridiculous amount. So that's uh yeah, what do we related story? Um oh <laughs> I had I had long enough between shows that we had uh from Science Alert. Success! The U- the first U.S. moon lander since the Apollo era has launched. Woohoo! That was back on January 8th. And if we had done a show, I was going to predict that something would go terribly wrong. And, of course, it... Narrator. You know it. It, it did. did. It did. <laughs> Didn't make it. Oh, man. Uh, and so, what do we got, uh... Fuel leak, abandoned moon mission. Um, there's another one, Artemis One, 
delayed. Oh, what do you know? So you're saying those homes that uh, I, I'm still waiting for my first hundred dollars for the moon house. The offer's still on the table, but uh, you know, if they're ready on time, well, I will buy you a moon house. You're buying me a moon house. No, I will buy whoever sends me a hundred dollars now. I will buy you a moon house in whatever year it was, 2030 or whatever they said it when they said the moon houses would be available. Okay. Like if they're ready for purchase, I will buy you a moon house. I'm going to put that in a Bitcoin ETF or something. Grow it <laughs> over the I'm, years. I'm I'm going to take my chances that uh that the moon houses will not be ready. I'll put just going to spend way. my money? What are you like FTX over <laughs> it, here? Just uh, it's, it's just my money. <laughs> so uh, on a related note, this is in the Guardian, UK's Guardian. Why landing on the moon is proving more difficult today than 50 years ago. I love this story. <laughs> so good. Yep. So good. Hey, it was a f- hey, dummies. <laughs> it, I got a story for you. The moon. <laughs> got a story for you, dummies. Check this out. Right. Stanley it, Kubrick's dead, and we destroyed all of the video on accident. Oops. Yeah, the yeah the uh, what's it called the telemetry data. Ah, uh, telemetry just data. Yeah, it was a. Fl- <laughs> but we could talk. We could talk to astronauts on the moon on the landline phone. It was amazing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then they they pointed out too that the uh, well yeah. The picture in the newspaper of the moon that was supposedly taken on the moon showed up a little too fast, like, like, a, you know, like the day before when the <laughs> yeah. uh, when all when the JFK being shot hit the the newspapers in Australia on accident, yeah, before yeah, it happened, just, uh, they got the timing a little wrong on the rollout there. Like the old Building Seven has collapsed, as you can see behind me, yeah. but there's Building Seven. It's, it's weird, yeah. The Solomon Brothers building has collapsed. <laughs> uh, it's right there. Right can, there, right I, there behind you? I yeah. can, oh, I oh, can cut, see it. Get the feed. Get the feed. All right. Don't worry. Only the British listeners saw that or watchers, viewers saw that one. So Yeah, good thing, they sh- <laughs> good thing we don't have the internet now. Yeah. All right. So back to the Guardian story. It was a flawless launch. In the early hours of Monday morning, the Vulcan Centaur, <laughs> there you go, Vulcan Centaur rocket rattled Vulcan. into the darkness. <laughs> Centaur, yeah, more mythology stuff. Mm-hmm. Rattled into the darkness over Cape Canaveral, shed its solid rocket boosters, and released the Peregrine spacecraft on the perfect trajectory for its landmark mission to the moon. The success prompted a yeehaw from Tori Bruno, the chief executive of United Launch Alliance, which built the rocket. This was the Vulcan's maiden flight, after all, but it wasn't long before the mood shifted. Astrobotic, the company behind Peregrine, found the aircraft was leaking propellant, and without sufficient fuel, the chances of landing softly on the moon rapidly fell to zero. From zero. It is more than half a century since NASA landed astronauts on the moon and brought them all home safely. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yes, I uh, do. Shouldn't landing on the lunar surface today be, if not quite trivial, then at least straightforward? Why, yes, it should. Hasn't the rocket science of the mid-20th century become the basic knowledge of the 21st? 
Peregrine isn't the only recent failure. Well, China and India have both placed ro- robotic landers on the moon. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> F- see the India footage for how convincing that was. Uh, Russia's Luna 25 crash landed this year. Oh, it crash landed. Sure it did. Nearly 60 years after the Soviet Union's Luna 9 nailed the first gentle touchdown. Landers built by private companies have a 100% failure record on the moon. Oh, that's interesting. The Israeli bear sheet lander landed, crashed in 2019, while a Japanese lander built by iSpace crashed last year. Peregrine makes it three out of three losses. All right. On, on, they make excuses, what have you. But do you think the private companies aren't in on the joke? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to think that Raytheon and them are in on it. Oh, Raytheon definitely in on it. Yeah, but the I you know like I think I, you're, I, think I, I would think your question, Musk I, Musk and Elon have to be in on it. Musk and Elon both. Yeah, they got to be in on it. They're the same people. Uh, the oh, same. I'm sorry, Musk, a- Musk and and Bezos. Bezos. Okay. Uh, Yes. I still don't know on Musk. I I I don't know. But is, that's like But, Be- it, but Bezos is one hundred percent in on it. He just launched a giant phallus into space just to laugh at everybody. You could right, win a trip on my trip. You could win a trip on my little jet. Come here, Michael Strahan. But they they don't even claim to be going to the moon. No. Right? Yeah. It's just like the moon. Elon just says the moon, like we're going to Mars. Who cares? We've been to the moon. We'll go to yeah. Mars. You know, which if you know it's a scam, you might as well I mean just might as well say why Mars? Let's go to Neptune. Yeah, let's get out let's get out of this solar system and go to one of the other galaxies in the solar system. One of the let's get out of the Milky Way galaxy. Let's go a galactic year away. Yeah. <laughs> Might might as well. It's about the same. It's once you uh, start talking about locations outside the firmament, uh, yeah, it's uh, not going to happen there. But you know what's crazy? I, I I so my son is you know he's older now. He's seven, and so he's starting to watch different types of shows. Uh, there's only so much Dude Perfect one person can watch. So <laughs> trust me, once you hear. They have their own channel. Brilliant move on their part. We wouldn't let him watch YouTube by himself because YouTube, there'll be some crazy ad that was like extremely sexual or a horror story ad or horror movie ad. Like there was all this stuff that would happen and we'd like, you can't watch this by yourself. Like, no, there'll be no YouTube because, you know, who knows what the algorithm is going to recommend to him. Right. Dude, perfect. Brilliant move on their part. They made their own channel. All their catalog on one app on the, the the smart TV or whatever. And then it has uh kid safe ads. So they're ads for like hot wheels and toys and that's it. So you can watch anything he wants on there. But anyway, he can only watch so much dude. Perfect. And he's looking for other things to watch. And we start, I'm, I'm like looking around, like here's a cool cartoon. And there's so much like, like kind of the same thing like religious mythology in like the stupidest cartoons we we started yeah. watching one what was it it wasn't pokemon but it was like a spin-off 
was it Beyblades or something? But within the first like three minutes, there was this like Anubis who had sucked all the energy from everybody and then <laughs> given it to the Black Sun. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> and this is the first four minutes of a series that he's interested in because it looks cool. And I'm like, I could, I'm like when they when they sent the energy to the Black Sun, I, I almost fell out of my chair. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> who writes this? Like, who is in these rooms? Like, I know what we'll do. We'll introduce them to the to cult by and there's a Nazi. There's a black hole sun, and it's like right there in the first. My son doesn't know what's happening. He's just trying to start a new show with his dad. Like, anyway, just that stuff gets old, man. Yeah, so I'm like bored by it. I used to, you know, when we started this podcast, I'd be like, "Here it is. Let me t- break it down. This is what all this stuff means." Now I'm just like, "Really, really? Come on, guys, what are we doing here?" Well, and the anything on like public television, like PBS, like PBS Kids, you know, it's all just like science worship stuff. All the, like space science, uh, you know, environmental. Stuff, just whatever they can squeeze in there. You, are you gonna tell me Wildcrats is is bad now? <laughs> um, those. Th- I don't think that's not the worst show. That's one no. of the few. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the only ones. I did not caught too much global warming stuff in the old Wildcrats. So, I yeah, I think they're just t- two dudes that like have a kind of weird, but whatever floats your boat obsession with animals. So, yeah. And they figured out a way to, you know, get the government to pay them to go around and go around to different places and look at cool animals. Like, hey, well, Elitist whatever. Voices of America. This is NPR. <laughs> or, or PBS. PBS. <laughs> That's a great uh, jingle. Great that jingle. Is a great jingle. It's yeah. the best jingle I've ever heard. Hi, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I almost forgot the Moonlander launch was controversial because they were going to put human remains on the moon, supposedly. And they tried to make controversy out of that. Who's hu- who's the human? Remember, like they launched Gene Roddenberry's like ashes into space in the nineties. What a this was a strange uh, planetary geologist Eugene Shoemaker. Hmm. Oh wait, no. No, that was in 1998. So that one supposedly, <laughs> yeah, sure, that made it to the moon. Uh, but this one was um, a bunch of non-scientific payloads will be aboard too, including time capsules, artwork, a collection of short stories, a Bitcoin of all things, and cremated human remains. The latter inclusion has been the source of some controversy. The, a the Bitcoin, Nova- they send a, a USB stick? I don't know. How do you send a Bitcoin? Let's load up my Bitcoin. Put it in here. This ain't going anywhere anyway. <laughs> Everybody's gonna eject out of the down the magic slide before the before liftoff anyway. It doesn't matter. It's just gonna bounce off the firmament in a long arch. Crash in the <laughs> crash in the Bermuda Triangle. That's why nobody can go there. It's uh. <laughs> Adam Curry's like fully on the. He's been on the firm team firm for a long time, but he brought it up again. He definitely sees the the space scam now more than he used to. So did but the the 
the best part about Adam Curry going flat earth, I still haven't seen the payoff of John C. Dvorak absolutely losing it about it. Like it just, no, he hasn't lost. He just, he just dismisses and changes the subject as fast as he can. So any anything about the firmament or what have you? So yeah. nothing, nothing quite like a guilt-addled non-professing or non-practicing Catholic trying to tastefully change the subject away from Adam's Christianity. He does get <laughs> he does get stuck a few times. It makes me makes me smile because he's like yeah. he's like ah all right well moving on like he can't even use his he's a little bit little bit little bit. Uh, a little bit more sensitive to Adam than I think he used to be. It's that, that old Catholic guilt getting to him. <laughs> Man, we get... Oh, let's see. I got a lot of stories in here. It's been a while. No, some of this was in for... Okay. What's That's our first show of 2024? Off. How's your 2024 been? Good. Good? Good. Oh, you know, I don't, did we ever talk about the whole paper straw thing while we were in the Northwest? Um, there's no way we didn't, I didn't rant about yeah. it a little bit. So I lived, so <laughs> it's kind of funny. You and I both lived in these like picturesque towns in these extremely liberal states. I live in Edmonds and you lived in Hood River. And Edmonds tried to like lead the way on all that sort of stuff. So for a long yeah. a while there, you couldn't get a uh, plastic straw at the Starbucks in Edmonds. Yeah, but no if plastic you, bag, no plastic straws. But if you went to the Starbucks in Linwood, which was you know a neighborhood over and in some cases half a mile away, you could get the plastic straw. So I think they went statewide before I left. But there was a good five years there. It was just the one small little town. So. They tried to push paper straws, which were objectively terrible. They fall apart. I think just- Starbucks still has some like version of a biodegradable straw right now, which is not necessarily horrible. It's not a bad product. It doesn't fall apart. Uh, here's the thing. It turns out paper straws, this is from Science Alert. It turns out paper straws might pose a serious problem too. Paper straws are not quite the eco-solution many had hoped for. Not only do these liquid slurping alternatives tend to wilt in a frustratingly fast manner, they contain low levels of forever chemicals, according to new research. How that impacts the health of an individual slurper is unknown, but because forever chemicals, also known as poly and perfluoral alkyl substances, aka PFAS, can take centuries to break down to a fraction of their concentration in the environment, these straws are not necessarily biodegradable. In fact, scientists at the University of Antwerp in Belgium argue that some plant-based and eco-friendly alternatives to plastic may be silently contributing to PFAS pollution. Well, let's see. If they have PFAS in them, I would say they're contributing to PFAS pollution. When researchers tested 39 different straw brands made from plastic, paper, glass, bamboo, or stainless steel, they found PFAS in almost all the materials. Stainless steel was the only consistent exception. That's kind of crazy. Not even bamboo. You'd think bamboo would be all right. Today, many products are made with PFAS, a group of 15,000 synthetic chemicals, some of which may be toxic to animal and human health at high enough concentrations. 
narrator were were at the high enough concentration. They were. Yeah. Scientists are still figuring out at what level forever chemicals in our surrounds might elevate health risk. It's not like everyone's getting cancer or something. But because they can build up in the environment and human bodies, scientists worry even low levels of pollution could come back to haunt us. All right. So PFAS in the paper straws. So good thing we didn't take on that paper straw sponsor of our show. Oh, yeah. They were huge. We'd be regretting that right now. I don't think I ever told my Microsoft story, but I was talking to some of the guys that worked at Microsoft on the Microsoft campus there in the Puget Sound, Seattle area. And they were telling me that that Microsoft went so hard on the uh, biodegradable stuff that they actually had biodegradable utensils. So the forks and knives and spoons that they used were biodegradable, which I guess became a huge problem. And everybody had to bring their spoons from home because if you used the biodegradable spoon and tried to eat some soup, it would actually just disintegrate into your soup. So I thought that was a hilarious story. Another example of <laughs> yeah, malfeasance, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're selling some bogus uh, eco-friendly product, Seattle's like, that's where you would go, man. <laughs> There's tons of money if you can get it. But the thing is, and you might even get the government to pay for it. Like, we will raise your ESG score. Yeah. Single-handedly, we will raise it right here, right now. Do you want me to raise your ESG score later? Or you want to raise it right now? <laughs> we can fix it right here. All right, should we uh, thank some people? or? Yes, we should. I've got one little anecdote first. I'm ready. I'm ready. So this is... Uh, let me... Yeah, I don't... I won't... I won't give out the town... Um, and I, obviously I won't give out their names, but, uh, had an appointment, nice gentleman, an old Marine. Okay. So he, very, lots of, I mean, said Marine stuff everywhere. And he, uh, was recovering from multiple myeloma, which if you may or may not have seen the commercials uh spent some time at camp lejeune oh i think i have i think i only hear about it from camp lejeune from those ads yeah so spent some time at camp lejeune when he was in the marines now has multiple myeloma um so they were contaminated it was the drinking water was contaminated with chemicals uh lots of chemicals lots of not great stuff so definitely cancer-causing chemicals. I'm not arguing that whatsoever. But very, very interestingly, uh, this gentleman's past employer, uh, after the Marine Corps and for you know many years afterwards, was Pfizer. Weird. And uh, his wife had some not very nice things to say about the corporate. Uh, corporate actions of Pfizer. But when he got multiple myeloma, uh, 
he did not um did not suspect cancer at first because the point where the cancer was forming just happened to be in the exact location he had received his Pfizer COVID vaccine. Weird. In the shoulder. And so just, you know, if you're going to poison somebody, you want to not be the only one to poison them. Because how do you prove, you know, obviously they did, they did prove enough with Camp Lejeune. The government's actually paying out some money for that. Uh, but if you're, you know, how do you prove it was the Pfizer vaccine and not the Camp Lejeune water? Or how do you prove it was the Camp Lejeune water and not the Pfizer vaccine? Yeah. So it's, I don't know, kind of a microcosm there. Yeah. It was, it was literally weeks after wow. taking the Pfizer vaccine that he got cancer in that exact location. Wow. So, yeah. It's like that that Batman clip I play every couple months, you know, the yeah. one the one product won't kill you, but you combine all the products and it's a deadly toxin, deadly yeah. deadly combination. So, another man. Yeah, we we <laughs> another article that didn't make the the show notes unless I remember to send it to you. Um they looked at the amount of uh, PFAS, just the amount of plastics. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're drinking out of a plastic water bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they previously estimated, you know, um, whatever amount, just uh, it's probably about this much. You know, it was about a hundred times the amount previously estimated. So, <laughs> Previous estimates suggest that the average person ingests a credit card worth of microscopic plastic particles every week. Ooh. But new research shows that this could actually be an understatement. What? Yeah. <coughs> so, um, nanoplastics, so tiny they could pass through our intestines and lungs, directly into our bloodstreams, travel through our bodies. So, Eventually, these plastics end up in our food waterways everywhere. So this is the. Let me cough here just a second. So yeah, microplastics, nanoplastics, they can carry the toxins. It just it. I don't know. It's not just an accident or a coincidence that, oh, what do you know? That we put the water in the plastic bottles that just happened to be able to leach right in there and leach a bunch of poison into you. And that's for the people that don't want to drink the tap water uh, that's got its own poisons put in there. You don't want the tap water, you get to go buy, you're going to spend money to buy a bottle of water so it's filtered. Oh, well, don't worry, we'll get you your poison there too. Well, on that positive note, <laughs> you'll notice that we haven't tried to sell you a polar plunge bath or 
uh, AG1. What is it? Air, something American Greens? I don't know. We haven't we haven't done any of that because we don't take ads. Revelations Radio. But what we do take is large quantities of fenbendazole mailed to the P.O. box. We do appreciate that. So thank you very much. Yes. we. Even if it caused a hatch attack. It did. On Tim. Yeah. Yeah. I looked up. Let me see here. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Okay. That's uh, kind of funny. I can't find the Fen Bendazol. I think we had a uh, an email from that person. How do you spell it? Anyway. Hmm. All right. I uh, got a little distracted there. My apologies. So anyway, the first up on the donations want to go ahead and thank none other than Danny from Medford, Oregon. He gave us $25 17 days ago. Sorry that it's been so long. Ladies and gentlemen, we are well into 2024 with just now doing our first show. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. And thank you for those of you who are donating in this time of a few and far between on the shows. Next up, we'll thank Mr. Bill, Bill Corsiglia from, well, I think he's in Sandpoint, Idaho. Happy New Year, and thank you for all that you do. He gave us $100, so thank you. Thank you, Bill. To Bill. This next one is also a Gives and Go donation, and it just says it's from the Daffers. Interesting. Sorry it's taken so long for me to donate. I've been listening to you since Tim's first interview on the Corbett Report. I'm now in a position to be able to donate regularly. Well, kind friend, I do appreciate that donation, and I appreciate your uh, sticking with the show for that long. Also, when you say my first appearance on the Corbett Report, that was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe maybe it was. I'm not saying it's not, but it... But if but I'm just impressed that you stuck with our show for that long. Not not at all that saying that hey you should have donated earlier. That's not what I'm saying. Just that's a long time to be a listener to this show because if you go to the Corbett Report, just type in Kilkenny in the search bar, and uh, June or excuse me July 10th, 2013. So uh, that was a long time ago. It was over 10 years. What was that episode? That was, was that the free software solution. Free software. So the Linux. Linux. Awesome. Yep. That was the Linux. I was on. Yeah. I've been on several shows. So have you. It's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, I, it actually came back to real life. I'll take a moment here in the middle of the, the donation report to, uh, to say we had, so we had the Christmas party and we had some people over to the house and I believe somebody was speaking to your lovely wife and they said, Hey, how does you how do you guys know the Kilkenny's? And she said, "Well, the podcast that they do weekly, and you know, 
It may shock you to know that not all my friends and family know about the podcast that I do weekly with you, Andrew. <laughs> so she uh, said that. And then I, my friend later confronted me and says, I thought we were friends. I didn't know you had a podcast. What's going on? I was like, ah, you'd probably hate it all anyway. And then we wouldn't be friends anymore. Just kind of jokingly. But she, uh, she, you know, her and her husband had a good laugh about it. And they're not really podcast listeners, but her husband, a good good friend of mine he uh he has a buddy of his that is a really and he's like they call him the conspiracy guy he's the one that, that this friend group calls when he has any type of conspiracies going on you know but, hey what's going on with this what's going on with this when he wants to hear the conspiracy side of stuff so he goes to that person and he says hey man have you ever heard of tim kilkenny and the guy's like yeah yeah i know who that is <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious and then and my buddy's like, are you serious? And he goes, yeah, I don't know that. I didn't know he had a show, but I definitely heard him interviewed, like guest interviewed. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the old Corbett Report reach right there. That yeah. is that is Corbett Report reach into my own friend circle. And so he says, well, I know that guy. It's a buddy of mine. And we're, we've become friends in this last little bit. And he said that that guy... They were all out doing something, and he kind of disappeared into his phone while a couple other people were chatting. And 20 minutes later, he like grabbed him, put his hand on his shoulder, and he says, I fully approve of your friendship with Tim, and then walked away. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was an awesome story. I have no idea. If, I mean, that's just, that's just bizarre. This is, I don't know why this guy would lie, saying he knows he's heard me before, but whatever. Um, the, and honestly, it's, it's impressive that he would just recognize just from your name. Right, agreed. It is a weird name. I I don't remember. Yeah, like if if I hear someone, I'll be like, oh yeah, I've heard them on the podcast before, but I don't necessarily remember everyone's name. Agreed. If if that's the only piece of information we had, so apparently this person knew. So unless he's lying to try to sound cool, which I no no I don't think so. I don't think so either. But it was kind of wild. Kind of blew me away. Ash and I both looked at each other like, whoa, and she was like, James. I was like, yeah, has to be. <laughs> no other way. So, James, thank you for that. Get some street cred over here in the, the mean streets of Oklahoma. <laughs> the, uh, oh, there was just a, a conversation in the Telegram, and they're like, oh, where did that come from? It was uh, True News, right? With Rick Wallace. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And <laughs> uh, I'm like, well, that's a, uh, you know, believe it or not, I have been a guest on True News with Rick Wiles. Yeah. <laughs> more than once back in the day. <laughs> yeah. But, yep, yep, yep. We've been there. Andrew, we've been doing this a long time. That's how we got so good at it. Stan, Stan Monteith. Oh, I miss Stan Monteith. I miss Stan, too. I wish Stan was still alive. Yep. That's a good thing. May, may people say that about you when you pass away. I feel like that's a good, <clears throat> good barometer. Yeah. Yeah, you were on with Stan. Man, that's pretty awesome. Being on with James a bunch of times is is amazing, but being on with Stan before he passed away is awesome. He one thing about Stan that, and I've brought this up before, but he's the only person I know who called Doctor Future J. Michael Bennett. Oh yeah, <laughs> Doctor J. Michael Bennett on the line. I was like, what in the world? This is this guy's name. What is happening? <laughs> 
you know, just was he was not having the Doctor future. No, but when you when Stan <laughs> Monteith calls you something, though, you just that's I guess that's what you go by. Yeah, who, who are you to stop and argue? Yeah, his what? and it it wasn't like a on air persona of being a very kind. No, kind man, like it, like off air, he was exactly the same. He was very, yeah, very that's, nice man. That's so cool. I'm sure, he's. Uh, Sure, he's hanging out with Jesus right now. Yep. All right, so the, the best enemy money could buy. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. So, Is that what he said? That that was his general take on like Al Qaeda. Oh, yeah. You know, back in that era, the terrorism. It was the best money or <laughs> the best enemy money could buy. He seemed like such a cool dude too. Like he was laid back and like. He lived on Santa Monica Bay or worked on Santa Monica Bay and like had been there forever and just refused right. refused to leave it, even though it had become overrun with crazy yeah. wacko liberals and stuff. It's just picturesque Santa Monica Bay and you know. Anyway. He just wasn't he wasn't gonna be phased by this world or all the, the powers that be. Yep. All right, next up, uh, we have another donation from uh, someone named Daphne from Parts Unknown. Thank you, Daphne. Sent us $25 on Give, Send, Go. Thank you, Daphne. Thank you, Daphne. Check the PayPals real quick. There was a few that came in these last little bits. Beginning of the month is a lot of our automatic donors so yeah so we have should i be looking at i don't see anything there's nothing in the spreadsheet i think so i'm just kind of going willy-nilly here uh we had robert from paypal robert donated five dollars thank you robert we had hugh hugh from paypal also this is both january 1st donations donated twenty dollars thank you hugh uh kyle from i should know this the kyle donation that is frequent could you look at that? Uh, I'll look at that. Autumn uh, donated $5 as well. Thank you, Autumn. And then Penny from Mesa, Arizona donated $20. Thank you, Penny. And I believe that's it. I believe that's it for donations, except we all believe. Let me double check here. Was it on the last show? Uh, it was not on the last show. So Christy from uh, manchester new hampshire donated 80 dollars. thank you to oh it's not christy it's chrissy i messed chrissy, this up yeah. i messed this up frequently it's just chrissy sorry about that uh she donated 80 dollars. thank you to chrissy and then i also wanted to go back and talk about our friend uh dave from andover massachusetts who donated i said 450 dollars incorrectly Said four hundred and fifty dollars. It is. <laughs> it was. Wasn't it for like four fifty two? No, it was four hundred and fifty one. Four fifty one. Okay. Yes. Well, you're welcome. There Andrew. was a reason for it. Yeah, there was a reason for it. My recent donation was not four hundred and fifty dollars. It was four hundred and fifty one. At least I think it was. You probably know that four fifty one is a special number. I use that particular number because I thought it might copycat. Cause copycat donations. I'll leave it to me to mess it up. Your your plan to get us more donations. <laughs> I'm here to mess up your donations. All the schemes. people donating in the four hundred fifty dollar area 
that would have been donating 451. Ah. Yes. You might also (laughs) know that 451 is an internet error code indicating censorship. My letter included a PS with a link about that, but I guess you didn't view it. Here it is again. David, I regret to inform you. I did view it. I did view it and completely forgot. I understand what you were doing, and I messed it up on the show. My apologies. Regarding my email, I was adding Tim's ADD. Oh, yeah. Regarding my email, I was not adding PS's listening emails because of Tim's ADD. I began doing that in a different email thread stream because of that appeared to be email censorship there. Also, it wasn't because of my ADD to uh, have a uh, list of emails, but it was because he's he's been having some issues right. with emails getting through. So, yep. um Thank you again for what you guys do, David. So, uh, we appreciate you. Thank you for your $451 donation. And then I cannot find for the life of me the email uh, from somebody else. Darn it, darn it all. Let me go back and look. I got another email in reference to last week's show. Or the last show we did. I can't seem to find it. Let me take a look. You still with me? Still with you. It was reminding me that I had received an email as well. Also, did I mention Marja? Marja was a donation of $50 on PayPal. I believe I mentioned that, but now I'm not sure. <clears throat> You're looking for an email. This is a riveting part of the show right here. K- Caleb uh Caleb sent me an email. Okay. Recommending Capricorn 1, which I have, you know, for one of the few movies I've seen. Um so I have watched Capricorn 1. Thank you for that recommendation and a George Floyd documentary called The Fall of Minneapolis. I have not watched that one. I've heard about that one as well. So, thank you for that email, Caleb. I have not yet responded, and I apologize for that. I always intend to like actually watch the things in, recommended in the email before I respond, so I can say, oh, that was good, or what have you, um, rather than just like, thank you for sending that to me. I intend to watch in the future but sometimes i just don't end up responding which is very bad of me so sorry about that yeah i'm i'm the same i have a hard time responding sometimes i cannot find this for any for the life of me now i've actually figured it out so uh let me just i'll i'll go off oh here it is i found it finally found it here we go hey tim the donor of the fendazol was my wife billy didn't your mom teach you that boys are spelt with a Y and girls are spelt with a oh, I-E? Right. She's Billy. I'm Sydney. Ha ha. From our friend Sid. So very cool. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, I said I would correct it on this show. So it only took five minutes of looking for the email. But hey, we finally got our payoff and that was it. I'll double check real quick if we have any other emails coming in. Got anything else for us, Andrew, on the donation segment and any other 
No, no, I don't. But uh, <laughs> many thanks to to everyone, and you know, pray to the, keep hanging in there. You know, kind of the the motivation ebbs and flows. So, if you want to keep hearing shows, let us know. So, yes, yes, yes. It's been uh, been a busy busy time, and I'm excited for your new job. And uh, I think that it's a good going to be a good year for the Hoffman and the Kilkenny households. I hope it's a good year for all, and uh, hope it's a good year for everybody that listens to the show. They say all things work together for good for those who love God. Revelations Radio News. And, you know, it's not easy to do a news-focused show during an election year. (laughs) Because there's not enough news. No, it's quite the, it's just, uh, it's tough to put yourself through the paying attention to the news. Yeah, the part is true. Well, do we want to wrap it up? Uh, Let me see if we got any. (coughs) I think so. Yeah, we don't. I did throw the story in there about the... Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, Interesting story about destroying cancer cells with um, near-infrared light, which caused them to vibrate in sync and fall apart. This goes back... There's been stuff like this for decades now at this point, and it just, you know... Never seems to take hold, interestingly enough. Hmm. The old, uh, I mean, surely there's no other way of curing cancer than chemo, right? I mean, that's just crazy talk. Don't call me Shirley. I think you you brought an earlier version of this clip, but I did put the because Jimmy Dore has worked it into his like oh, routine. Is yeah, we've I so think we played is, versions of this. Might be the third time we're playing versions. Yeah, of we don't have to. We don't. No, have to it's play. good. I'd like to but, play it. It's one of my favorites. So yeah. it's it's good. He, he he keeps you know polishing it up, and I do think it's pretty good on doing your own research. The weird thing that happened around COVID, I never know. It's funny because that that oh man, that other guy actually was the one that came up with it his kind of sidekick and they died laughing and then they polished it all up and now it's part of the the shtick the weird thing that happened around covid i'd never noticed this before in any other time of my life but you weren't allowed to ask questions and at, at any point during this you just had to you had to do what the man on the tv said right you had to do what the man on the tv said without questions and then you're a good person but if you question it, then you're a white supremacist Trumper. Not they're like, whoa, no, no, no! I didn't vote for Trump. I just have questions. Jimmy, only dumb people ask questions. Isn't that weird? 
It was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. Even comedians would get on stage and they would shame people for trying to get informed about a medical treatment that was experimental that they had to take or they would lose their jobs and they wouldn't be able to travel. And when people tried to get informed about that, other people shamed them. They would say, please tell me you're not going to do your own research. <laughs> You've heard people say that. Please don't do your own research. You know, before COVID, doing your own research used to be called reading. Now you're shaming me for reading? At the behest of Big Pharma? It's like I woke up in the middle of a Bill Hicks bit. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. That's how much people internalized the propaganda from Big Pharma, was that they would shape, they would be anti-intellectual enough to shame people for reading while they're wagging their finger at them for doing it. You would never shame people for trying to get informed, no matter what other subject it was, no matter how unimportant. Like if I say, hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go buy a car. Don't look into it. Well, well, how will I know which car to get? Ask the salesman, he's the expert. What are you, Henry Ford? Yep, he's definitely... He's definitely perfecting it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, just to... <laughs> we got ourselves a reader. <laughs> We're following following the development. I mean, that's yeah. Com- a a good comedian, which I Jimmy Dore as a comedian, I don't know if I'd say is an amazing comedian, but that he's funny. He's he, not. He is funny. He's not hilarious. Like yeah, he's funny. But the, I, I mean, if I went to do, his, good. It, it is a it does take talent to make something sound like you're kind of coming up with it on the spot. Yes. When it's that when you've gone through it that many times, right? And I think a lot like of it's all timing of, and Yeah, a lot of them do that. Tone everything else. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's what comedians do. It's not like they come up with the they might do like one joke like like, hey, fill in the name of the place. Like, oh man, I saw this weird-looking guy outside. Uh, you know, they're right. in like one local joke, but for the most part, it's just in however long of an act. Yeah, whether it's five minutes or <laughs> three hours or whatever. So. Yes, sir. Well, do we wrap it? To wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Okay, thank you guys so for listening. There, Go ahead. Yeah, yes, thank you everyone for listening. There, there will not be a show next week. Oh, that's uh, right. So enjoy this one. Yeah. Uh, it'll likely be... Well, we, we might still squeeze one in in January, but it last, might be February. But. Last week of January, uh, first week of February is where yeah. it's going to be. You are going to be doing some on-the-job training. I'm going to be doing a short trip. So, we shall see. I may or may not have some travel travel feedback. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You, uh, it, let's just say it's, it's a good thing it wasn't this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, flights were delayed. Flights were delayed this week. 
It happened in my household, so I understand it. If if I was still living in the same place in uh, in Oregon that I was living, I would currently be stranded uh, because of the impending ice storm. So they shut down all the freeways. So. Wow, wow. Well, hopefully everybody up there stays warm and uh, everybody out there stays safe and doesn't get sick or have a parasite breakout (laughs) expel the parasites yeah may may all your sicknesses be the expelling of parasites there you go my friend's gonna get a a phone call yeah the uh, mm -mm. i'm gonna go ahead and take it back tim no this this dude's over there he's taking parasite medications i do not recommend him as a friend anymore (laughs) hey man i gotta i gotta break up with you i gotta fire you i understand I understand. Not everybody can handle the Finn Bendazal talk with the Al-Qaeda talk, with the Batman talk, with the <laughs> demon talk, with the Epstein talks. I, I get it. I get it. Some people aren't aren't made this way. But you know what? You, you and me, Andrew, we are. And our listeners, they are too. So, yeah. I appreciate yeah, that. And the, it used to be pretty universal that 9-11 was what got people into this sort of stuff. But um, And then you know, generations past, it was more JFK, but uh, now it could be, you could come at it from a whole lot of different angles. I ran into a group of lovely girls uh, who live uh, down in the Norman area here in Oklahoma City, the Norman area, and they, uh, they were all homesteaders, and they said that chickens are the gateway drug to conspiracy theories because they it all starts with a simple question, why is my egg yolk orange-red instead of yellow mm. from my chicken? And then you start to investigate that. Then you realize, like, who is Cargill? And then you start to investigate that. And you start <laughs> to investigate this. And then you start to investigate this. And then she turns to me and then she goes, and then you're like, 9-11 is an inside job. How did I get here? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that. She goes, yeah, that's what happens. They're the gateway drug to conspiracies. And I was like, all right. So she, uh, I think she hit the nail on the head there. I think there's even a TikTok. I think she might've stole that one. But yeah, chickens are the gateway to conspiracies, which is awesome. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back uh, here in a couple weeks. Uh, We appreciate you guys hanging in there with us and uh, especially hanging in there with me. I'll do my best to be more regular with the show. Uh, Please look after each other. Lord Jesus, please look after all the listeners and uh, look after Andrew and I as we embark upon a new career and just new steps in uh, my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you in a couple weeks. We'll see you and thank you for listening, everybody out there. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-